Welcome to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Matt. That's Ryan. Ryan, you make me feel so emotional. Matt, I am blessed for everything you've given me. <laughs> blessed for all the tenderness you show. Do my best with every breath that's in me. Blessed to make sure you never go. So uh, we're not alone. Uh, we also we want to know what a girl wants, what a girl needs. So we are uh, uh, joined by TFT uh, punk correspondent Rachel D. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Rachel, what a girl wants, what a girl needs. <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't know about the travel of time, and I've never seen most of the world. See, I haven't danced to a musical tune, and I haven't noticed the flowers in bloom. And that's all. (laughs) (laughs) That actually, that was, that, that's not a bad lyric, right? (laughs) Have you, uh, if you haven't cottoned on yet, we were talking about, uh, Christina Aguilera's 1999 debut album. Uh, self-titled, which contained the chart-topping hits Genie in a Bottle and What a Girl Wants, uh, as well as some other um, some other singles. I think Come On o- All I Want Is You or Come On Over, uh, which has the same has the same intro kind of hooky riff that uh, Wannabe has off of Spice. Da 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 da. Um, it just in, in major, I think not in, not in kind of a bluesy minor scale and, uh, yeah. And sold six gazillion copies and I think peaked at, at number one on the, the billboard 200 and, you know, um, was this, uh, was this incredible, um, was this incredible kind of second entry into the, uh, the, the teen pop genre, um, and that, uh, yeah, that, but, but, um, I don't know. I, I think that, that Britney Spears is going to end baby one more time is going to be an interesting touch point, point of, point of comparison here. I think no one would argue that Christina Aguilera is by leaps and bounds, the better singer. Um, but I, I'm not sure that every moment of this album compares favorably to every moment of the other album, just in terms of the uh, in terms of the production and um, some of the songwriting. Now we're it's, in. It's, yeah, it's true that there is no uh, there's no co- inexplicable cover of a Sonny and Cher song um, <laughs> on this record, and and so that is definitely something that uh, Baby One More Time has on Christina Aguilera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh I don't know that there there is however a um uh like a pop version of a song from a Disney animated musical. So that's uh you know, that's that's uh, Hey man, you got to pay the mouse man, right? Once <laughs> once you're in like you only do 2 days in the Mickey Mouse club. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like you know, this it's it's what they say about the mouse, you know, the mouse gang, they say cheese in, cheese out. <laughs> exactly. Now I I liked this record when I was a kid. I got I developed a sideline in the uh in the sort of young the young pop uh young women of of pop pop princess Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and and even some some lesser known ones like uh Mandy Moore's first album which I believe was called So Real. 
uh, <laughs> if if memory serves. But I I always think of it uh, as the uh, uh, the album that had a a, um, a track on it called "I'm Not Too Young." And that's, that was more or less the, I, well, I don't know. I think like interesting, it's, it's interesting to think about kind of self-presentation and like the, the consumption model for, for these records, right? Like, cause on, on that, well, I'm, I'm getting too, too deep into it. Were you, Rachel, were you a Christina fan, uh, when you were a, a wee lass? I, I can't really say I was, you were not, um, a, you were not a girl who wanted what a girl wants. No, not no, not really. I mean, I think, I, I mean, it's definitely I was like aware of what was happening. It's not like I was unaware of her or something or like. But yeah, no, I don't think I wasn't familiar with this album certainly, and I didn't have it. I didn't buy it or listen to it when it came out. Nor did I buy or listen to Britney Spears at like sort of similar time frame. You were too punk for all that shit. I was a little too punk for all that, I guess. Yeah. I, I know some of my friends listened to Britney Spears um, more than Christina Aguilera. But I generally, I mean, maybe I prefer Christina Aguilera like just on terms of like likability alone. But yeah, I was not a, I was not familiar with her work until listening to the album for this podcast. Not not even familiar with her work uh, uh, on Disney's Mickey Mouse Club or New Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, I I was only aware of her. Uh, yeah, I was not firsthand familiar with that work. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I I'm aware that she was on the Mickey Mouse Club, but I have no like memory of like her performing at Mickey Mouse Club. Although I will say I definitely watched Mickey Mouse Club during the years in which she would have likely have been like on. Um, as well as like Britney Spears and Timberlake and Ryan, Ryan Gosling right? and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Carrie, like I, Carrie Russell. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like I watched the show during like, like when I was a child during all those years when these, these kids might've been on in one capacity or another peak mouse, peak mouse. Club. Yeah. Peak Mouse Club reboot, yeah. Because I think, I guess, like, because the only difference, like, they rebooted the Mouse Club, right? right. And- yeah, but it's all in the same continuity. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. The, the, mouse yeah. Of, the Mouse Club of Earth. They change the mouse every year, like, but it's it's the same continuity. But, yeah, I mean, I watched it. It was kind of like, um, it's like if you took the Mickey Mouse Club and tried to make it, like, look a little more, like, in living color with the set, I would say. <laughs> like, the set design and song choices. Yep. That, that's how I would describe the reboot. Oh, so it's like, it's like a Bruno Mars music video. Right. Yes! It's a lot like a Bruno Mars music video. I think it's a great way to put it. <laughs> it's a great way to put it. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you didn't ask me, but I was way into this uh, in 1999. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you shitting me or were you actually? Well, so let me tell you a little, a little story that I'm none, none too proud of, but well, there's a few things, right? So I remember very clearly where I was when I first saw the, the video for Genie in a Bottle. So, um, this came out in the, I believe it would have been. Yeah, so it was the album was released uh, summer of '99, so summer before my senior year of high school. Genie in the Bottle was um, released a little bit before that, and that summer I was in Germany doing like a one month, like one and a half month long kind of exchange program. Yeah, so it was 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was, I was. So two things happened then. One is that I was able to get in uh, on the ground floor with Mambo Number no. Five, which <laughs> blew up in Germany before it blew up here. Uh, so I guess there's that. Uh, I liked, I liked oh Lou Baggage here before he was cool. You're, a, you're, a, you're a trendsetter. Before the fleeting moment during which he was cool, before the long eternity in which he was almost immediately overexposed I, it's funny because i just want to interject that like i had that same experience with macarena right like yeah. I, I like i was in peru as a child when it blew up in peru right and then like 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 three or four years later like a quite a long time between it blowing up in peru and it blowing up in the u.s it was it there was like a long gap I mean, you have a cousin them. named macarena so I, that was like the yes, whole joke right? i have a little cousin <laughs> named macarena and she was like a toddler at the time so like they kept playing you know they would play the song and like it you know and hope that she would like kind of dance to it <laughs> Yeah, she could have been viral if there was like an internet. Time. Yes, she would have probably because she she was very cute, <laughs> very cute little baby. But yeah, so anyhow, so it, while I was in Germany, um, learning about the the mysteries of Lou Bega Jr. Uh, and and Mambo Number Five, um, Genie in the Bottle blew up um, on MTV, right? So I came home and um, and I remember the music video very strongly. Is that? You know, the music video for Genie in a Bottle is is set on a beach party in Malibu. Um, and she is like very like like relatable cool girl with her like Rachel from Friends haircut. Um, and it was it crystallized. I mean, you know, it was what a boy wanted. Uh, <laughs> and and it, not even just in the like in the ha ha uh she's hot ha 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 um it, like i think that it was there was something about the re- relatability and i think especially compared to britney spears who was also and we talked about this when we, we talked about britney was also extremely sexualized in her presentation but it was in this schoolgirl like you know kind of dream space right this idea of like a girl at school whereas like you know, the the Chris uh, Christina Aguilera had this idea of like relatable cool girl, right? There's very Tara Reed vibes, right? Um and 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 there's something there. And so but there was a long and so I A did like these songs, but in my senior year of high school was a very long and very re- re- regrettable um, bit in which I in which Christina Aguilera was my girlfriend, um, and I had pictures of Christina Aguilera <laughs> on my binder. Oh, oh, damn, son! Oh, we're going full. Just, we're going full mortified on this one. I mean, right? It's, it's this is like a stretch, right? Uh, you're getting a picture of the the emo boy who liked Dave and Christina Aguilera. It was, hey man, 1999 was confusing, right? Yeah, it was a, 99 was a tough year, man. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, for me, this was uh, peak, peak Napster, you know? So I don't think I owned this record. I think this was, this was one. And actually, like, I went to my iTunes library to, uh, to play it. Um, because I thought this would be a good running album, and uh, and I I found in my library that I had like weird MP3s with bad 
you know, bad titling and they were out of order and the, the graphics weren't there and stuff. And I thought, Oh shit. That's cause I, I like probably obtained these illegally over a, uh, like a windows for work groups network at, at school. Right. And so. Yeah. And these are like, these are like really, these are vintage MP3s, right? Yeah, really. They really are vintage MP3s, right? That God, they, they don't make the algorithm like they used to, you know? Um, and that, uh, you know, so, so I think there was a lot of, especially kind of top 40 type pop that I consumed in, in that manner. Um, in, you know, in the dorm room, uh, when there seemed to be nothing, nothing but time to just listen to stupid music. And, uh, we did not know that death's footsteps, quiet though they are, are always drawing ever nearer. <laughs> you should have known that uh, that subtext is very there on Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess so. Well, so uh, let's uh, let's dive into Christina Aguilera. Go. Uh, you can put this podcast on on pause. Go listen to it. Uh, I think there are reissues and like remixes and things like that. Don't listen to any of oh, those. Definitely, definitely listen to all of them. <laughs> definitely listen to the Thunderpuss remix of "I Turn to You," which is a real thing that exists. It is a remix. <laughs> Remix of the song "I Turn to You," which is a cover of a song by All for One um, on the uh, Space Jam soundtrack by the DJ named Thunderpuss. So go, definitely get that far. Get, definitely listen to the Spanish language remix of "Genie in the Bottle" or "Genio uh, Genio uh, uh, Atrapado." How did I do? Did I do all right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, 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 no, no, it's it's pronounced despacito. <laughs> well, okay. As a quick aside, right? So um, uh, yeah, actually, this is this is, this is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so the year after this album was out, um, Christina Aguilera. Um, uh, released a Spanish language album, um, Mi Reflejo, Mi Reflejo uh, which features a duet with Luis Fonsi. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. God, and, then, and they were both, God, they must have been both super tiny. Like she was, what, 17 or 18 when she recorded this? It was released yep. in, I guess, nine, 19 when it was, when uh, 18 or 19 when it was released. Like, yeah, this is a, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a little astonishing how uh, how how young they all are. So well, yeah, they're both, but they're both exactly more or less your age. <laughs> yeah, almost and, almost exactly right. I guess she's a 1980 kid, uh, and Louise Fonzie's a little older. Louise Fonzie is um, he's a uh, I mean homeboy homeboy turns 40 in a few <laughs> weeks. Oh really? Just a, just yeah. a little just a little older. Yes, I'm looking at it. Sixth track on the album Mi Reflejo. Uh, 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 oh God, I'm gonna I'm going to murder the pronunciation. Uh, lyrics, music, and production by Rudy Perez. Uh, si no te hubiera uh, conocido. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your, yeah, yeah. you got your yeah, yeah. affirming pat on the shoulder. You, got, you guys got it. You guys C-min- got it. C minus, C minus, 
C minus white guy Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, I don't think my Spanish is great. So. <laughs> right, you're just you're you are more than happy to let us. Hey uh, man, I'm more than like yeah, exactly. So go uh, go dust off your old MP3s of uh, Christina Aguilera, whatever state they're in, whatever bitrate they're encoded at, uh, whatever order they're in. Play the record for yourself. Um, you know, uh, if if you're if you're not at a uh, if you're not at a fun beach party in Malibu, just close your eyes and imagine that you're up there. <laughs> and um, meet us back here. Uh, to discuss the record after this word from our commercial sponsor. Do you want all of your wishes to come true? I mean, yes, that's that's better than only some of them. Yeah, it's better than working for them. Yeah. Well, then, guys, why not? Why not get a genie? Uh, I, I, I didn't understand that that was an option. I thought they were merely mythical. Oh, yes. This is the Amazon genie from the makers of Alexa uh, and uh, and and all all manner of all uh, convenience saving um, time saving convenience uh, apps comes the Amazon genie. Wow. Alexa, buy an Amazon genie. Alexa, confirm. Wait, so how does the Amazon Genie work? Sure. Well, all you do is rub the device the right way and think about what you most want in the world while peering into its eye. Wait, I keep doing it and all it does is send me porn. Yes. Well, listen, the genie knows what you want. The genie knows what you need. (laughs) Well, I guess it makes me happy and sets me free. Thanks, Amazon Genie. I'm going to go watch porn. Oh, it's funny. My eyes feel like a little funny. Keep looking into the genie. Oh, that's ah, okay, okay. Wow, that was an odd experience. I hope Amazon hasn't somehow invaded my thoughts. You are now trapped inside the genie bottle. <laughs> Amazon genie, isn't this convenient? <laughs> and and we're back. Uh, so wait, I. I have a question for you guys. Christina or Brittany? Who won? Ooh, you know, this is a hard one. I mean, the long view career wise, it has to be Christina, right? Because she's, uh, you know, she did the voice. She did the, she seems to have expanded into a sort of multi platform media empire in a way that, that Brittany did not manage to. Uh, and she never kind of had the quite the same tough times that Brittany had, though, you know, there was a lot of kind of messing with her image around uh, stripped. I think the name was the name of the album that had dirty on it. Um, but uh, was, the, was that the kind of when she was rebranded as Xtina? Yeah, that was when XT, the alter ego Xtina uh, came, you know, came out, came to the fore. Extreme, extreme Christine, Christina. Yeah, who was that? <laughs> who was the Tony Clifton to uh, Christina Aguilar as Andy Kaufman, right? And that uh, <laughs> <laughs> just so provocative. Um, <laughs> And uh right though though uh though the initial uh the initial highs were not uh, perhaps not quite as high they were still pretty fucking high right like this is 9 million copies in in the US 14 million copies worldwide still her best selling selling record you know and she was like widely considered to be the superior 
I mean, the superior singer. She was kind of number one with a bullet, right? Well, and then, then the, but I think as a counterpoint, well, and Rachel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I definitely think, um, I think Matt's right that commercially, I think Christina has had more like, um, or like career wise, she's had more longevity with her career. But I do think there is this kind of like gnawing sense that like Britney is somehow right. more of the icon. And I don't know if it's just like Britney had more of these like, I would say like epic jock jams, you know, like in the kind of, uh, I guess because of like the Max Martin effect or something, or just something about like the production of some of those songs is so not subtle. Um, and I think maybe, I think there was something, I, I think people really latched on to that. Cause I actually will say like Christina's album for better or worse has like a little bit more like subtlety and like the singles all like very much live within like a very like cool, like, oh, this could totally fit into like a Timbaland, Aaliyah, like kind of space. Like it could be of that kind of ilk. Um, you know, and like the production and stuff, just like a slightly, like slightly poppier version of that, that kind of sound. Whereas like, I mean, I th- I'm thinking of like, hit me one more time. The, like the, it's just like the, the kind of like sounds in that, in that song are so like jock jammy and big and bomb, bomb, bomb. You know, they sound like, they're just like bombastic. Almost like kind of like oh they're like bro yeah it is, it is we will rock you adjacent it's right? like yeah it's, it has more in common with like we will rock you than like um than like Timbaland you know what I mean um and I don't know if that's sort of I don't know why you know I don't know if people like sense a sort of like kind of like kind of grandiose I don't know I don't know what it is about Brittany that made her seem more like maybe possibly iconic. Um, but I don't know, Matt, if you have a view on that as I mean, well. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. I don't know the the, I was thinking about like agency and image. I, I feel like Britney is the more complete product, right? <laughs> that, that, that is like damning. That is like so damning. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's, you can see why she's more iconic, right? Like you can see why she sort of made, uh, uh, more of a, more of a splash, right? That, that like, she was kind of engineered for that. She was like chopped and formed. It's like they took an actual American girl, right? Fed her through a, a meat grinder and like extruded her, uh, in school, in perfect schoolgirl form, right? And that, uh, there's, there's just a little too much. Humanity. I mean, a lot of it is in the voice and stuff. There's just a little too much humanity uh, on um, on a lot of uh, these uh, on a lot of these songs, and I think a lot of it comes through her voice. You know, so and the Christina songs. Yeah, the Christina songs. Sorry, these songs that we're talking about this this week. Now that that said, like there isn't quite the same unity of vision that there is on the Max Martin produced record right the the whole um 
uh, the whole thing with this record is that it was kind of, it's like kind of a sampler. It's kind of almost like, a, uh, it's almost kind of a mixtape with all kinds of songwriters and producers on it. And this, they, it, you know, it was one of these things like, what shall we, you know, what like the A&R people, like what shall our new, uh, artist be singing? Like what kind of, what kind of thing will, will she be known for? And they, they sort of threw a lot of, threw a lot of pop spaghetti against the wall to see what, to see what would stick and you know um and there are definite there are definite high points there are also uh there are also like some low points i think i turn to you is um i don't know i think i turn to you is is sort of particularly weak uh i I shall not allow you to speak ill of anything that appeared on the uh the um Space Jam soundtrack, an album which I own on vinyl, (laughs) (laughs) which is a true statement. (laughs) I am always ready to slam and everyone is always welcome to the jam. Um, uh, well then I, I apologize mightily for, for offending you. It was not my intention at all. Apologies. Apologies. Accepted. (laughs) Um, I mean, I, it's, it is interesting. I think you're right. Well, I, I think there's something interesting, and I think we're going to have to do another Britney Spears album um, because I think that you are viewing Baby One More Time through the lens of Oops, I Did It Again. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and Baby, um, Baby One More Time wasn't that, wasn't quite as good or wasn't quite as, as well produced. Did Baby One More Time have Email My Heart on it? I forget. Oh, it, oh, it sure did. As yeah, well yeah, as, yeah. As Soda Pop, right? Um, so there were a lot fewer Max Martin songs on that album. Oh. Uh, and, right. And, 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 and one remembers, I mean, uh, most of the big hits were Max Martin songs, but about of the 11 songs on that album, only I think three had writing credits um, by um, Max Martin. Whereas by the time you get to 2000, oops, I did it again. It's almost all Max Martin. Right. And so that this is, I think that album and its success, I I think that that is right. So I think that it's that, um, Britney Spears was about a half step ahead of Christina, right? And so she had her um, throwing everything against the wall um, moment um, a little earlier, right? Baby One More Time is also 99, but it's January of 99, right? So about, she has about six months, months on, ahead on, of her. on Christina and even a little more than that because um, Baby One More Time was out by the fall of, of 98, right? So that's like a pretty long lead time to realize that that was the one that was going to hit. And so they could already basically hone in on that um, and really put that front and center um, for the, uh, for the follow-up album and, and kind of really refine that, which I think is generates a lot of that. And I think by that is also the time um, by which, is is that when Britney is dancing with the snake um, by by Oops I Did It Again or is that a, a, another later isn't album? Isn't that isn't that toxic? Isn't that a later hmm. uh, a later thing? I'll oh I'll 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 look. Uh, it's one of the great joys of my life today to be able to Google Britney Spears dancing with Snake. So I'll, uh, you know, I'll do it that. is important. Yeah, you're right. That is from the time of um, uh, I'm a slave for you. Um, so it's so we're both wrong. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think um, 
yeah, I think that might be in between the two. But anyway, I mean, I guess that does say something. Um, I mean, the fact that there is more Brittany than we realize is, I mean, it's part of what makes the answer to this question complicated, right? Because, you know, that both of you in initially answering were like, well, Christine is, uh, is a better singer. She's kind of had a, a been able to morph her career into a kind of broader multi-platform type thing. Um, let's not forget Lady Marmalade, <laughs> uh, Gitchy, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right. Which was mocha, mocha, chocolata, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is that that was a huge hit and she, and she at that point had the leverage to kind of push it through, even though I think, and uh, above, um, objections from the record label who kind of thought it had too much of a hip hop vibe, which is, um, and, and I think that that, I think what is, makes the, um, Christina Aguilera, the album interesting. And, and I think interesting relative to, I think it's the fair comparison at this time is to compare it with baby one more time rather than comparing it with, um, oops, I did it again. Mm. And, and I, I think that what you see is Christina, raging against the machine a lot more and and it's it's very light raging right um but that there is in what she is expressing with her voice right in kind of the ways in which she is trying to express her point of view especially in terms of musical taste and there's less kind of going on here at the level of individual lyrics i think but that what is interesting is at the level of of, of kind of, vo- of vocal interpretation, right? And that there are songs that are kind of written um, in a, like, pop mode or ballad mode. Um, but I think her default preferred mode is kind of a, a R&B pop, right? And I, I think that the single... Is the, is, the, is the Mariah Carey mode, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I think that it's... It, she's a... Um, yeah, the, and and that that the, so there's a kind of she's a Mariah she's a diva square peg in a pop star round hole, right? Mm. Like, um, and and that that is what's, but that's what's really interesting is that she already has those diva dreams, um, here, and and you and and she tries to fit fit them in wherever she can, like in um, what a girl wants, right? That and and, and I think this is written a little bit on Wikipedia that she wanted to do a lot more of the um, you know. Mariah Carey style vocal pyrotechnics and they were vetoed and they're, they're there in the fade out, right? Like the, I mean, she, I mean, it's a great vocal performance at all, but she really starts to go high um, and into the, that upper register as they're, as they're turning it down. Like they, they're, they're literally <laughs> kind of like, like pulling her off, off stage while just while she's kind of like ramping up. Um, and 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 there's a number of places of where there are kind of interesting also Mariah Carey-ish things in the interplay with the backing vocals um and in the interplay with the rhythms right um i think that um there are interesting things going on rhythmically with all of uh, of the three biggest singles of genie in a bottle what a girl wants um and come on over um and then the rest of the album is a lot more flat but there are even a, are a few other um, album cuts where there are where, where the the Mariah Carey ness kind of um, peeks through. I mean, I think 
Um, even though love for all seasons is very silly lyrically, uh, it has some of that interplay with the, the chorus. Um, and then I think love will find a way, um, late in the album. Um, also is, is, uh, an interesting copy of some of the, what's sonically in, um, Mariah Carey's always be my baby. Um, which was, I guess, another personal favorite. I guess the other thing is, what I realized and listened to this is part of why I'm a ride or die for uh, for Christina is that I'm a ride or die for Mariah Carey. And we actually never got to discuss Mariah Carey. Uh, but like, now I was thinking we haven't done this, and this sort of like light pop R and B was a dominant dominant yeah. mode of like hit hit music in the 90s and we yeah. we've been just for for a variety of reasons focusing on other modes but it was like man it was it was real and like a lot of mariah's songwriting was not much better than what's on christina aguilera right like and then a and then a hero comes along with the strength to carry on <laughs> you know like it's 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 not good right it's 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 take not that back you take that back about mariah <laughs> <laughs> and sorry. you know you can't survive. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a personal favorite. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I think it is. I think Mariah Carey is like a really apt, like, kind of descriptor for like kind of the mode Christina wants to be in and isn't, was like maybe sadly not allowed to really like be in, right? Like, she wasn't allowed to sort of fully embrace her, like, collabos with you know i don't know like the corollary thing would be like doing like a the song with odb or something right like, right right she wasn't right. allowed like to mariah write- carey's like basic cover of the uh tom tom club song right, right? Mm-hmm. fantasy which which samples the uh genius of love right yeah right and i think you know she wasn't allowed to sort of like well i guess i guess dirty doesn't isn't red man on dirty i i i'm i, think I he would is. need to check I think he is, but then I don't know. I there is interesting. It's like I think I had a new new pop culture girlfriend by the time Dirty came out. By the out. time Dirty, I came think out. I think I think Manic Pixie Dream Girls had been invented by that time, uh, and so <laughs> <laughs> that was the next thing that I was I was successfully. Uh, into so, yeah. <laughs> listen to this emo it will change your life yeah, exactly <laughs> yes and, and yes red man was on dirty okay so you were you were right so about I was, that. i was right but um yeah so she would get there eventually right? she would get there eventually but then i think there was a lot of backlash to that dirty persona to extina and i don't know why it's interesting i don't know why like somehow Brittany managed to walk this more careful line of being like just the right amount of sexual for people. It's, it's like kind of odd, right? But she got pushed all over the side of the line, not for being too sexual, but for, for having a breakdown. Right. That's like, true. Right. Like, like this all took a toll on her. I guess like walking a very fine line is like stressful. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like walking this very, very narrow line of like sexual, but not too sexual and available, but not available, whatever you're right. Like just the right kind of sexually available to everyone is like very difficult. Well, I guess, <laughs> kind of talking about like being like i mean it's you know christina was busy crossing the line you know because uh she wasn't being shy but i think we should we should talk right wait 
Wait, which, which, is that a lyric? Which lyric is that? That's it. <laughs> Ooh, baby, don't be shy. You better cross the line. I'm going to love you right. All I want is you. Come like, on I, I, over. Come on over, babe. Yeah. Yeah, let's start there. I mean, I think that like the these lines <laughs> of kind of um, sexual expectations are... I mean, I think that that the way to go forward here is is into the um, the three hit songs because they all kind of play with various versions of this line. Um, and it's funny, it's interesting. You kind of went to the crossing the line and come on over. I mean, because I feel like there's almost a trajectory, right? That I, and I actually felt at the time. I even think at the time I narrativized these three singles. <laughs> Um, right and into a grand unified theory of Christina Aguilera, <laughs> um, and uh, right because like Genie in a Bottle is like Act One, right? Um, and uh, and and uh, the body is saying let's go, but the heart is saying no, right? Um, and then what a girl wants is um, is 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 they're 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 coming into greater alignment. Um, and then the uh, come on over is is that acceptance, right, of of that. So there's I, I feel like there's an arc there um, with respect to um, this interplay of, of walking this this line of expectations of both being expected to be sexualized, but also being expected to be not too sexual. Right. Um, it's well, the yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a teen. It's like it's a teen sexuality Goldilocks. Right. Like and like she has like. <laughs> Rain in her hormones and her like kind of desires that she is feeling. Yeah, cash that out a little. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think that like a lot of the songs on this album seem to be like, I feel so horny, but I gotta stop. <laughs> well, yeah, because her her body is saying let's go, but her heart is saying no, no, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, it's interesting. It's her heart is saying no. That makes it seem like they're just kind of like emotional, but I, I, I to me, I kind of read these songs as as like it's like she is reasoning herself out of her hormones. Well, right. yeah, a little bit. I mean, but it's it's yeah. more it's more integrated, right? It's more integrated if her heart is saying no, no, rather than like my body's saying let's go, but my mom is saying no, no, <laughs> you know. That's like uh, that's maybe a little less of uh, of an adult point of of an adult point of view. But but so is hormones racing at the speed of light because like <laughs> no one whose hormones are racing sit sit down and say boy are, boy are my hormones racing right. <laughs> Like, I mean, I, I think that that is like such a like adult wrote this about a teenager. Right. Um, and it's it's it, it, it reminds me we were talking about this earlier today with respect to actually a different um, song that but there's this Mr. Show sketch, which is like in which um, it's like a, a public service announcement like type video for teens. And it's supposed to be starring teens, but it's very obviously starring adults. Right. And it, Bob Odenkirk is like, I'm Jared. I'm not. And I can't stop playing my damn video games, right? Like, and uh, and it's just like, you know, it, this is like, oh boy, my hormones are racing. I'm a, I'm a teen. I hope I make good decisions about safe sex and abstinence. Um, and so there, there's something off, right? That like when you're in the midst of the hormones racing, right? It, it makes me think of um, 
uh, the Netflix show Big Mouth, right? It's the hormones are like once the hormone monster is in play, like you can't choose whether you when and whether you listen to the hormone monster. That's the thing about the hormone monster. <laughs> like you, you black out, right? <laughs> it just like shows up, right? right. And the, well, no. sure. I mean, the the so I these are obviously like meant to be products for sort of for men to consume, right? Like what's right. the with the but it is I mean, I don't know. The way we're talking about the Christina one, it's a little less um it's a little less objectified, right, than the Britney one because it's it's uh yeah. it sort of shows more more agency, right? Yeah. And I I I generally I I generally think am unsatisfied when I hear something described as sexualized for a couple of reasons. One is that like it it seems to to presume a like a good pure like non-sexual state and a you know bad sexualized state where it got eyed. Uh but the, but the other thing is like I think it's it's never quite the whole story. And like usually, usually it's either exploitation or objectification that are the problems when when something is is described as sexualized. And and like uh, Britney Spears is both both uh, exploited and objectified. And Christina Aguilera is just exploited, right? Uh, at, at least like the the even the provocative photos. You know, right. are like less are less provocative, you know, because she's like uh, sort of there against the wall, you know, kind of looking at you with an ambivalent, uh, you know, um, slightly scared, open mouthed, open mouthed expression, um, which, you know. What? The genie in the bottle single has a lot more midriff also, <laughs> if, if you remember. Sure. Um, but but like she's. um. Uh, I think she's wearing pants in that, at least, right? Or at least uh... she is. She is wearing pants, right? Rather than the like the pants kneel- are being worn. The the kind of the kneeling and leaning back pose, right? That that Brittany is in on the cover of Baby One More Time, uh, or just whatever, just kind of like knees thrust out, right? Like that's that's a little more. I don't yeah. know. That's that's a little more blatant in terms yeah. of uh, uh, in terms of like presenting you an object for um, you know uh, the the sober contemplation that a seventeen year old is known for. Yeah, no, I agree. Because at least like Christina Aguilera is like in much more of a power pose. Yeah. In, huh. You know, um, right? Like she's stand. I mean, first of all, like just like standing, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, comf- she at least gets to comfortably lean against the surface of the wall. Like, I, I do think there is like more kind of like um, power in that position uh, than the Britney one. I, I think it's a very good point. It's funny because I, I felt like the Britney pose was off and it just didn't like sort of occur to me just how bizarre it is that she is kneeling on the floor. Yeah, she's, she's kneeling. <laughs> it's like really weird. It's really weird. <laughs> she's kneeling on the floor. She's kind of like sticking her, her head forward. Her, you know, legs are splayed out kind of awkwardly mm-hmm. uh, behind her. She has these sort of platform wedges on. Kind and and of, like right? a very right. short skirt. Like 
just her getting up is like a degrading process. Just imagine <laughs> you're having to like get up like, oh, I'm going to fall. Oh, it is definitely not what would be in yoga class described as a comfortable seated position. Right. Like, like if you, if you like sat down like that in yoga class, that'd be like, like, It'd be like you need a block. Okay, underneath okay, your butt. Here's, here's a block. <laughs> also, your hips here, are really tight. Here, try these yoga pants. They're going to be a lot more comfortable than this denim skirt, <laughs> which is a thing that's said to me a lot in yoga class right like it's just like is this the denim class yoga skirt no oh you're not you're not in in yoga class you're not uh american apparel short jogging shorts no underwear guy you're not you're not ball bro ball yoga bro i I saved that for spin class (laughs) (laughs) no those guys go to bikram i would think yeah ball bros are for bikram is for ball bros right (laughs) yeah that like i one of those guys i only went to bikram once with my friend who really was into it at the time uh and like and uh i got like uh i got like shish splained by balls a ball bro like a bearded ball bro because i was like i was daring to try to hold a position by putting my socks back on so that the sweat from my feet would not impede me from like putting my foot somewhere really awkward (laughs) and i put my sock back on and he's like and he shook his fingers at me. Like, be free, man. Be free. Well, apparently it's like apparently it's like cheating. And later, I'm like, I'm like, what was that? It's like, well, it's not a big deal. It's like it's kind of like it's you're not supposed to have like you know the help of like the sock. <laughs> like, okay. And I never went again. <laughs> you should you should wear some of those sandals that that Britney has on in the the album cover. Of, yeah. Uh, so like right, wear like the kind of like sports bra. And like micro shorts and then those platform sandals to bikram i like it yeah um so so uh you know i don't know i mean i feel like like in uh genie in a bottle there is you know i don't know it's 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 a little difficult to see how much of this is sort of male fantasy and how much of this is like you know, the actual sort of frustration. Cause a lot of it reads as just regular teenage frustration, yeah. right? Like I yeah. feel like I've been locked up tight for a century of lonely nights waiting for someone to release me. Like what teenager hasn't felt like that right. uh, a little, a little bit. And honestly, the kind of the emphasis on, on self-respect, like, and also even like in the kind of the, even in the sexual innuendos of the song, like you got to rub me the right way. There's a focus on, there's a focus on, on her enjoyment, on her satisfaction, right? Yes. That's, right. you know, that is, I think, uh, uh, something, you know, I, as these things go, that is like in the direction of progressive, uh, rather than just being like, you know, you're my everything, I'll be your everything, you know, regular, you know, kind of regular teen pop, uh, you know, available fantasy object type of stuff. Well, right. I mean, because it, it is interesting, right? Because there's there's nothing to my knowledge in the lore about genies that that indicates a proper way to rub the genie bottle. Well, okay. Right? So let's let's be. I mean, you know, this is uh, this there, this was used. I'm sure I've said this on on a overthinking a podcast before. This was used uh, in English one in the intro English uh, seminar class. Um, in college as as an example of bad metaphorical work in uh lyric poetry right because rubbing uh the the genie is not something you do to a bottle it's it's something you do to uh the lamp and it's from the the right, Al- right. aladdin and the lamp so it 
in order to really cash out the metaphor, you know, in an internally consistent way, it would have to be like, I'm a genie in a bottle. You've got to like decant me the right way. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you've got to like pour me out. And that's, uh, but it doesn't, you know, you got to rub me the right way, both because it's, it's about going to third and also because it's, it's a colloquialism is a, you know, is a really good lyric. Um, is a really good lyric here. And the idea that like, baby, also you need the two syllables. Uh, of bottle, right? You can't say I'm a genie in a lamp. <laughs> you gotta rub me the right way. I'm a genie in a lamp, baby. I'm a lamp, lamp. <laughs> That's like a totally different song. Lamp. I mean, you could say I'm a genie in an oil lamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm a genie. I'm a genie in a neti pot. You gotta salt me the right way. Um, yeah, that like uh, that. There's there is a um, there's a kind of a even something that shades into the area of sort of mutuality, right? Like I can make your wish come true, but baby, there's a price to pay. Which somehow somehow here doesn't seem commercial. It doesn't seem like it imports this into the realm of the like of like transactions. Um, but it's it's more like there is a kind of natural sacrifice and or compromise. Uh, that that you know involves releasing the genie from the bottle by by rubbing. Yeah, I, I do think that there's an interesting thing about the universality of this. Also, is that this is one, and I, I mean, there is definitely an era in this era, right? We talked about emo last week, right? Another trope of this era were emo and pop punk covers of pop songs. And I actually, I would need to see if this genie bottle has been covered by an emo band or pop punk band. Cause it feels like it, it would work for that, especially with this, right? The feeling, the meaning switches of what it means kind of for, um, emo boy to be feel like he's been locked up for a century of lonely nights um but i think that as much as like that setup is part of a kind of potentially a kind of tantalizing setup it is also relatable right like if you are a teen um then then you identify with it right um and and weirdly you know and again especially kind of thinking about the the relatable like you know the the kind of flip side uh, and the person who kind of desires the the relatable girl right in this kind of set of tropes that are constructed is kind of like slightly geeky guy right is a kind of you know is is american pie guy right um and so that i i think that that also weirdly like it's like, oh, the the hot relatable girl is just like me, like pent up, frustrated, and kind of like, kind of ambivalent about sex, <laughs> like, because um, there is an ambivalence here, right? Um, right, that like you're licking li- licking your lips and blowing kisses my way, but that don't mean I'm going to give it away, baby, baby, baby. Um, and I you know, I mean, there is like a, it's both real, like. Um, you know, it, it is both like kind of realistic ambivalence and also kind of like um, abstinence propaganda or something. I don't know. I mean, I, for me, I mean, maybe it's now easy to kind of scoff at kind of ambivalence towards having sex um, uh, now as as sex having thirty somethings, <laughs> um, but that and to, to see to read all anti um, sex message delivered by a teenager as being kind of you know some kind of 
um, you know, not, not authentic message, but maybe, maybe there's something real here. I don't know. So real. That's the title <laughs> of, of Mandy Moore's first album. She's not too yeah. young. I think, you know, I think you're right that maybe it's like with hindsight, I'm sort of reading these lyrics as being kind of like a product of, uh, abstinence education initiatives and like put the like pushes, but this is pre Bush, but right? It's pre Bush. So you're right. That's not really accurate. Um, well, uh, hold on, hold on, post cigar pre Bush. Yeah, hold on, hold on. If it's pre Bush, then she's too young to make. No, shut up. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, that yeah, I, I mean. I think- but yeah, no, but that there's like real that actually there is some like authentic ambivalence as you know as a as a young person who's sexually inexperienced that you have uh, about having sex and I I mean some of that is cultural right like there's a kind of emphasis placed on it that it's you know uh, especially for women it's uh, you know you're you're sort of ruined right like it's it's a it's a purity that you'll never recover um, but but also like you know there are sort of intensities of physical experience and intensities of emotion that you know it, yeah. it it uh it sort of makes sense to feel to feel uncertain of whether you whether you want to engage that whether you want to engage it now and whether you want to engage it with this person right what what is though i mean it's really interesting right because in the hook though that that it kind of it kind of lets itself down because it's like a setup to like saying it's it's a little bit of a like I would do anything for love but I won't do that because it's like you know right. you know it's setting up what has to be done right and it's it, and the rubbing the right way is kind of foreshadowing so you think it's going to get more clear then it's like all right all right what is it what is it that I how, what what does rubbing you the right way entail and it's like well if you want to be with me I can make your wish come true you got to make a big impression. I got to like what you do. (laughs) And it's just like, uh, what? (laughs) Yeah. You know, do some stuff and make it likable. (laughs) And then, then we can bone. (laughs) I just got to like what you do. I mean, isn't that, I I skateboard. I like what you do. Let's bone. (laughs) Hey, what do you do? I shoot basketballs. I like what you do. (laughs) I mean, is it, don't, don't you feel like relationships though at that age are kind of a mystery at that level? (laughs) You know, like there's, there's really no playbook. There's really no answer to uh you know to what the uh uh to 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 what you are what you are supposed to do yeah that is true i mean there it it is it's there's something tautological about it right right? exactly Yeah, there's there there's a real chicken there's a real chicken or egg problem, right? Like of like, do you like someone because they do so? You know, I like you because I like you because I like you, or like I you know I like you because you're cool. You're cool because I like you. I like the things you like. You know that there's a there are some real uh, uh, cycles um, in in this sort of thing that that uh, it, it can be um, difficult to understand what a girl wants what a girl needs. But I feel like in the second, um, in the second song, right? Like there is a little more context given to that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, whatever makes you happy and sets you free, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the idea, the idea of setting, setting free, right? Like the, the situation of young, young adulthood, especially like pre majority young adulthood is like, um, 
living with constraint, right? And right. that, like, the thing that's good is that uh, is when you feel set free, right? Or, or, um, or I don't know, sort of unburdened of of constraints, or you know, I don't know, maybe unburdened of your sexual frustration or something like that. Um, yeah, that 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 uh, that that's the kind of the precondition of of uh, liking what you do because that's what a girl wants and what a girl needs. What well, is right is there right, and it's there in the first line of the first verse is I want to thank you for giving me time to breathe like a rock you waited so patiently um, while I got it together while I figured it out I only looked but I never touched. Because in my heart was a picture of us holding hands, making plans. And it's lucky for me, you understand what a girl wants, what a girl needs. Um, and so it is interesting because it's it's that there is a little bit of this, this like lack of like pressure is like important here. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it makes it re- very much of a piece with Genie in a Bottle. Right. Yes. There, there really is an arc. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> there is an arc. You definitely feel like it's the same. It is. I, I agree that the, your narrativization really holds up here because, yeah, she's. It is the. It's it the is same the set of characters. It is. I, I. I will guarantee you the only valid valid thing that seventeen year old me came up with. There are a lot of other bullshit ideas kicking around in that hormone addled <laughs> brain, but uh, I'm glad that that analysis stands the test of time. I think that one stood the test of time, and I don't want to hear about the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to hear about my binder with pictures of Christina on them. No, I, I feel. I feel. I feel differently about those. You should. <laughs> you should. I don't know. It's funny. Uh, no, I think. I think you're right. These two are like the same characters, um, right? And uh, but he's. Yeah, I agree. There's like the lack of pressure. I mean, again, you can't help but like read this. Like, is this about like pressuring to have sex or not have sex or like? Her being like happy to now have sex, and but I think in general, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, but I think you know, regardless of like you know how much, how much we want to go for that reading, like I, I think there is, it, they are the same arc, and she definitely she 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 got the sort of like she got what she wanted, which was time to think about it. Well, and she actually does explicitly in verse two quote the if you love something let it go which is an interesting thing because then she's like comparing herself to like an animal right <laughs> like and then she's like comparing herself to like a a like i don't know a a bird that you nursed back to health or something right? yeah it is I, it, I it still is yeah. odd yeah or uh you know i don't know it but it's a test of like um what is that if you love something set it free if it comes back it's it's uh it's yours. I don't know, but she in in the end she moves to to a place where she actually is is capable of expressing uh, her own wishes, not just kind of kind of like getting space within which she can kind of know her own mind and yeah, make a decision. True. But but you know this this uh, triptych ends with uh, "Come on over, come on over, baby," right? And so she's like uh, now she's she's sort of confident enough. She has enough sort of uh, clarity about about what she wants that she's issuing invitations. Um, well, you know she's it, 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 she's going to have a party. All her friends are going to come and they're going to party all night long. You know, well, and and the transition actually happens 
in the, the bridge, bridge of what a girl wants, right? Because she says there, because it is more vague and it's more about kind of um, desire by kind of absence of bad behavior. But then she says in the bridge of what a girl wants, that kind of connects over to come on over, the invitation to come on over, um, right? Uh, you are invited <laughs> to come on over, baby, <laughs> For all time. Um, and so uh, she says, what a girl wants, what a girl needs, somebody sensitive, courageous, sexy, cool like you. Um, and that's the that's like the the thi- that those are the attributes, sensitive, courageous, sexy, cool like you. Uh-huh. Um, right. And those but that is a much more of a kind of positive affirmation of what the things are. And once and, and again, though, it is the last one is like you. Right. And so it's another tautology. Right. And so it's like it's like, well, you are the one. Right. It's that liking this guy was an inside job. right? Because, <laughs> and, and so that there are all of these moments where like the things they're 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 kind of tests that are. I, I guess the question is like, are the love tests here, the rubbing the right way and liking what you do and being, you know, sensitive, courageous, sexy, cool, like you, um, are these failable tests in this case? And I, I'd posit that they're not. Well, right. right? Yeah. Because it's a, a little bit, a little bit, it's kind of relationally, right? Like it's through right. the interaction with the guy that she kind of discovers these right. things, exactly. right? Like, so, yeah. so psychoanalysis distinguishes between the unconscious and I guess what's called pre-conscious, which are things that you don't know that affect you that you don't know, uh, but that you could know, right? That you can like find, figure out. Whereas the sort of unconscious, unconscious drive are, are you know you, you can't really know them directly you know them through like indirect means like like dreams and slips of the tongue and and you know associations just kind of the the higher order uh, analysis of the way your mind works but like something that's like pre-conscious is like what am i attracted to well i know i'm attracted but what is it right, right? like and right. you don't you right. don't necessarily uh, have a formula for for what it is until right. you've kind of felt it mm. then kind of felt its absence right and it is interesting because, like, teenagehood is absolutely the time where you are figuring this out, right? And it becomes actually these templates for the things that then become a lot more conscious as an adult, right? Yeah, absolutely. But as, as a teenager, it's like the pre-conscious is, is in the driver's seat a lot more. Yeah, you get – it's the, right, exactly. You're kind of working intuitively uh, a lot more and, until you, you, know, you figure out what dating app you want. You set your preferences and then you never look back. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, right. Like, uh, you just, uh, you just paste that picture like there, there as a, as a teenager, um, it would be normal for the picture on your binder to change regularly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that, that would be good, right? That would be a sign of sort of healthy development. Uh, and, 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 and truly it did. <laughs> and truly it did. I mean, it is interesting. Once you get to come on over, there are so many fewer words in come on over, <laughs> right? Like it, it is, it's, it's much more repetitive. Um, and, and, and I think, right. Like it's, uh, uh, right. There's, it's, Hey boy, don't you know? I've got something going on. Yes, I do. All my friends are going to come party all night long. I know, you know, I just want us to go. 
the fun we'll have. Fun, fun. you'll never be alone. So, boy, won't you come? We will party till the dawn. Listen to me. It sounds like, honestly, this is like a proto Andrew WK song, right? Like, <laughs> Right, like you could totally like this is like every like uh, NWK song where, where it is like come on over, come on over, baby, come on over, come on over, baby. Exactly, exactly. Party, party, baby, baby. Party, party, baby, baby. <laughs> All I want is you. Come on over, baby. All I want is you. Yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> I feel like that's we're not going to top that. So let's leave our our conversation about. Christina Aguilera's Christina Aguilera uh there man um all right well uh we'll we'll uh we'll be in all the usual all the usual places we're having a party in our Twitter our Facebook in the comments section and we want you to come on over baby and uh let us know what you think of this episode and let us know what you think of Christina Aguilera's self-titled debut album uh we'll be back with more TFT podcasts next week till then keep it so real